Facebook family and family. We pray the blessing and grace of the Lord over you and all of our listeners today. We're praying that as we're welcoming you into our Freedom Global prophetic podcast, we're believing that God is going to minister supernaturally to you and to your household. I'm going to pray that his goodness and mercy would abound and that as we go into the word, excuse me, into the word of the Lord, the spirit of God would move in a mighty, mighty way. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm going to ask you if you would, as you're coming in uh, to do that work of the Avengers, whether you're watching us live or on the replay, we pray that as you're coming in, please share the broadcast like the broadcast. We're praying that God's word would go forth and impact those around us. Bless you, you Pastor Hiram. So good to see you. We're praying that God's word is going to minister to us. We are excited about resurrection season. This uh, is the best time, I believe, of the year for, for the church of Jesus Christ that uh, the kingdom message is to be preached and we're going to see him glorified in all that we do. So if you're joining in, let us know where you're joining from. We're praying that God's word would go forward and that he would be exalted today on the broadcast. So please share the broadcast, like the broadcast. Let us know where you're watching us from. And we're going to pray that the word would go forth again uninhibited and with revelation, with power, with victory, and with authority. So if you're joining us, let us know where you're joining in from so we can welcome you and thank the Lord for you being with us. And we're going to pray that God would add grace to the hearing and reading of the word. I'm going to start with just a word of prayer in just a minute. So let us know where you're you're watching from. We're glad you're with us. We're praying God's word go forth mightily and with with an impact that as you're hearing that word today, there would be a change and a transformation uh, that comes to you and through you by the word of the Lord. So let's start with a word of prayer. Uh, Again, thank you for joining us. We're praying that God's word. So Heavenly Father, we pray that as we go before you on this broadcast today, speak to our hearts, minister to our spirits, wisdom and revelation. Thank you that you'll never leave nor forsake us. I pray that God's word would just speak to our hearts, open up our understanding, give us the counsel of the Lord. Give us wisdom, revelation, and understanding concerning your truth that makes free. I pray now and open heaven over this this podcast that as those are listening under the sound of my voice, let the word of God go forth, minister to your people. He will touch and deliver, and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree, somebody say amen and amen. We're going to be talking today, again, our Freedom Global podcast, uh, prophetic podcast is dealing with freedom and liberty. And that's one of the greatest, I believe, blessings. Welcome, Sister Valerie Salinas. So good to see you. Welcome, Julie, to the broadcast. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome, Lofet. So good to see you. We're praying uh, that Lolit, uh, welcome to the broadcast. We're praying that God's power would minister mightily to you. I'm going to ask you again to share the broadcast, like the broadcast, tag somebody, and we're going to get straight to the word of the Lord. Uh, This is a very special weekend. This is something that we know to be called resurrection season. Uh, On on, uh, Friday night, we, we are going to celebrate the, the, the Passover or our Passover lamb that was shed for us, they call it Good Friday, the evening that Jesus was crucified uh, for your sins and for mine. And so we're grateful for that. And we're going to be honoring the Lord and moving mightily this weekend. We're going to be gathering and shutting in uh, here at This Rock International uh, over the weekend. We'll be doing an RTA, Raising the Altar Night, a one-night event, RTA, 
That'll be this Saturday at 6 p.m. And we're going to believe that the, the prophetic word of the Lord, the ultimate altar is Calvary. That's what we're going to be talking today, Calvary or Golgotha. These are the same uh, words in different languages. They mean the place of the skull, the place that God exchanged uh, your and my sin for righteousness, your and my uh, troubles for triumph, your and my opposition for an authority to overcome. And we're going to talk about that today. And then Sunday morning, we're going to be celebrating getting up morning. It's going to be an amazing time. So thank you for joining us, Sister Eunice. So good to see you. Sister Sandra, so good to see you. I'm going to ask you one more time to share the broadcast, like the broadcast. We're going to the book of John chapter 19 and verse number 17. Uh, the gospel according to John, uh, the gospel, John chapter 19. And this is uh, a special podcast. We will be doing a raise in the altar, but the ultimate altar is Golgotha or the cross. The ultimate altar, the greatest altar that was ever erected or elevated or raised before the Lord is, is the, the altar of the cross and the altar at Golgotha. Jesus is our lamb. Jesus was laying on that altar for the sins of all generations. So we're going to be celebrating this weekend, our Passover lamb, the work of the Lord. But here is what John 19 verse 17 says. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the skull or into a place called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. I want to encourage you If you're listening to me, there is something called the place called Golgotha or the place of the skull. This is not a coincidence that Jesus uh, went to this place to be crucified on a cross. What is the word skull? It is the word, um, the place where your brain sits, your mind, but it's also the, 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 the root word scroll where you put writings in, the place where your mind is written. I want to encourage you, Jesus died on the cross so he can rewrite your mind and mine so we can be new creatures in Christ. The place of the skull is the place of victory and the place of authority. But here is what verse 17 says, that he bore his cross and went to the place called the skull. I want to encourage you listening to me. We all have a cross to bear. We all have a burden we are fighting through for the name of the Lord. But don't you be discouraged. Don't you be frustrated. Your cross will lead to your resurrection. Your place of pain will lead to your place of rain. If you're watching, again, I'm going to ask you to share this broadcast. Uh, it's going to be one that ministers to, the, to you and to those listening. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 says about our cross that if we would not carry that cross, we are not worthy. He that doesn't take his cross or he that takes not his cross and follows me after me is not worthy of me. So all of us have a cross. The, our literal cross is not wood and nails. We all have something. We The cross represents death. The cross represents dying to self. You're listening to me and you may be going through battles mentally, battles emotionally, battles spiritually, battles financially. What is the cross you are bearing? But let me encourage you, the key to the resurrection is the cross. The key to the getting up and the overcoming of the third day is the pain and the suffering we go through. And Jesus said, we must bear our own cross. So Jesus now is bearing the cross of the sins of the world, the 
sins of all ages on his shoulders and he is walking up a mountain or a hill called the place of the skull. I want to tell you there is a place where God will change our minds and put his mind in our mind. I want to encourage you. This is a very special weekend. This is resurrection weekend. This is the the weekend that believers around the world celebrate our Passover lamb. You see, Passover is uh, on, on, uh, we celebrate Passover this weekend and Passover is when they took the lamb according to the book of Exodus and they slayed the lamb in the house and they put the blood on the doorpost and they ate the lamb. And the Bible says that that night the Lord passed over the houses and the destroyer came and he brought the children of Israel out of bondage and out of slavery. Let me encourage some of you listening. God is getting ready to bring some of us out of bondage and slavery, out of places of obscurity, out of places of, of, of uh, wandering. I prophesy you're leaving your wilderness and moving into your promised land. You've been processed. You've been developed. You've been going through one battle after another, one war after another. But let me prophesy to you in the name of the Lord, your lamb, your Passover, the heel called Golgotha, or the, it's also translated Calvary the place of salvation, the place of exchange, the place across is a, is a intersection. They call that the crossroads. You were headed this way. Now you're headed that way. You were headed left and right in your own power, but now you're headed vertically back to the one who created you. It's a place of exchange. It's a place of laying down yourself. Again, we must bear our own cross, John 19, 17. And the Bible says this cross led him to a place called the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull, the place of exchange between our hearts and his, between our thoughts and his. You understand our covenant is a covenant of sacrifice. And as we're getting ready this weekend to celebrate the resurrection, remember there's no resurrection without a cruci- without, without a, a crucifixion. There is no raising up on the third day without a sacrifice on the first day. And that sacrifice you've been in, that war you've been in, that battle you've been in, let me encourage you. It's a setup for the glory of God. The battle, the war, the opposition, the, 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 the issues going on in the family. And bearing his cross went to a place called the, the place of the skull, the place called Golgotha. Go over to Luke 23, 33, and these are different translations. They mean the same word. Golgotha and Calvary mean the same thing. And when they came to the place, somebody say the place. The place is on a hill. That place is a place where you're going to birth something. That place is, uh, see, for Elijah, his place was Mount Carmel. The mountain is, the place is where he built an altar. He laid a sacrifice and the fire of God fell and turned the nation around. Luke 23 verse 33. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, the place of the mind, the place of the skull, they crucified him and malefactors, one on the right hand and others on the uh, on the left. What that means is criminals, wicked men, those who deserved the punishment, but there was righteousness in the middle. I want to encourage you. He bore your sin. He bore mine, but there's a place called Calvary. 
There's a place called the skull, the place of exchange between your will and my will and his will. The place where we die and he rises. The place where God allows us to see transformation and there's a, a renewing of the mind. Let me encourage you, according to First to First Kings, we're going to go there, that, that the Bible says that there was a showdown between the prophets of Baal and the prophets uh, uh, and the prophet of God. First Kings 18, right about verse number, f- we'll go, we'll go to 40, 42, 42. So Ahab went to eat and drink and Elijah went to the top of Carmel and cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. So one of the places God assigned Elijah was Mount Carmel. The word Carmel is garden land, Carmel. It means the land of the garden, the land like the garden of Eden. I want to encourage you, you have a mountain. You have a Calvary. You have a Carmel. You have a, uh, for, for Moses, his mountain was Sinai. Moses went to his place. What was that place where he would meet with God? Uh, Elijah went to his place. What was his place? Carmel. That was the place he would meet with God and build an altar and lay a living sacrifice that would change a generation. Abraham went to his mountain. The Bible says when Abraham brought his son up the mountain, they went to worship and he laid his son on that altar. Everyone has a mountain. You have a mountain. That mountain is the very place in the spirit where you will exchange your pain for power, your, your trouble for triumph, your heartbreak for the help of God, your suffering for the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the silhouette or the glory of the Lord coming upon your life. The mountain is the very place of sacrifice that leads you to victory. It's the very place of authority that leads you to kingdom place. The Bible says that, that Elijah went to this place called Carmel and he put himself down upon the earth. What is he doing? He's worshiping. He's in a posture of prayer. He's in a posture. He's prostrate before the Lord, laying out before God. And he's crying out that God not only, see, in a previous moment, he came to that same mountain and called the fire down. Now he's positioning himself to call the rain down, to change the course of a generation. I want you to listen to me. Some of you don't, uh, some of us don't understand the thing we're going through isn't for us. It's for the kingdom of God. It's for the, the nations around us. Let me remind you, your place of suffering becomes your place of authority. Your place of tragedy becomes your place of triumph. Uh, according to Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, here is what your Bible says. The very place you were hurting becomes the very place of your authority. Here is what it says. To him that overcomes, to he that and she that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also am overcome and sat down in the throne of my father. That means your place where you must overcome becomes a throne. Where are you needing the spirit of overcoming? The word overcome means conquer. 
nikeo, the place where you conquer. There's no conquering without a battle. There's no, there's no victory without going through a process. And the Bible says your place of nikeo, your place of victory is the very place that becomes a place of throne. The, the cross is the place that Jesus became our first, uh, our first, uh, or our, our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And he laid himself on that cross. Calvary symbolizes the place of the skull. Calvary symbolizes the place of exchange, the mountain place where, where is your Calvary? If you have a cross, then you have a place called Calvary, a place in your mind where there must be victory. Here's what second Corinthians chapter number 10, going to read second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number three. Let me read this before you. It says, further, we walk in the flesh we're not battling or warring in the flesh. Your battle is not natural, it's spiritual. Yes, there's natural things involved, whether it's money, whether it's family members, whether it's housing, whether it's uh, governmental systems, these are natural, they are affected. The natural is affected by the spiritual, but your battle is not in the natural. This is why the answer doesn't come from the natural. Jesus could win every battle and overcome every situation because he didn't stay in the natural. He went to the spiritual. He went to the spiritual and allowed the spiritual world to rule this world. Because the Bible says, Hebrews 11, 3, says that through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. We're going back to Corinthians in a minute. There are multiple worlds at work. Hebrews 11.3 says, through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So there's more than one world at work. So the things which you see were not made of the things which can be seen. That means the visible world came out of the invisible world. That means the natural came out of the unnatural. Everything you see came from what you cannot see. And Jesus could never, he never lost a battle. He never, he, ne he never was defeated. Why? Because God is granting grace because he went to the spirit first. Bless you, Sister Nicole. Welcome to the broadcast. Bless you, Pastor Matt, all the way from Argentina in the mission field. We pray blessing over you and your family. Same to you, Pastor George, in the mission field in Argentina. We pray that God loose the sons of uh, the sons of thunder and fire. Let the thunder of God produce fire. Let the, let the sound of God produce illumination and revelation in the kingdom of God. Verse 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not natural but are mighty through God to the pulling down of the stronghold. I would encourage you, this battle is not natural, but it's spiritual. A stronghold is a fortified tower. It's a place that is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a encampment of the enemy where the enemy has built a stronghold. And oftentimes the strongholds are in the mountain. The Bible says when Saul was getting ready to be, to prophesy and become another man, he said there was a garrison of the Philistines uh, in, in, in a mountain that was belonged to Israel. And the enemy wants to set up strongholds. Verse number five, here's what we do. We cast down imagination nations and high things that exalt itself against the obedience of Christ uh, and bring every thought into captivity to the word. So where's the battle? In the mind. Golgotha is the place of the skull. Golgotha is a place of the mind. Golgotha is a place of the thoughts. See, there's a battle in your mind and in mine. 
No matter how much we we get victory on one day, the mind wants to run away the next day. No matter how much you see authority in one season, the enemy wants to rise up on the next. But I prophesy the place of the skull is a crucifixion and a dying of the way we think and receiving the mind of God, the thoughts of God. He bore nails in his hands so our, our hands can produce life and life abundantly. He bore nails in his feet so we can walk by faith and not by sight. He, his beard was ripped from his face and his face was crushed beyond every uh, beyond all measure marred beyond any other man the bible says and disfigured so we can take on the reflection of a new christ and a new heavenly reflection of sons and daughters he was pierced in the side and out came blood and water so you can be regenerated coming back into the body i said this before in the old testament the bride came out of the side In the Old Testament, God put Adam to sleep in Genesis chapter 2, and he pulled from the side the bride, and the Bible says he went to a deep, deep sleep. One translation is death. In order to birth a bride, you've got to die. In order to birth a church, you've got to die. In order to birth your movement in ministry, you're going to have to die. In order to birth your marriage, you're going to have to die. In order to birth what God has called you, there must be death before there's life. We don't like that. We don't want to bear crosses. We want to be comfortable. We want to be convenient. We want to be casual about our worship. But God is looking for extreme worshipers and extreme praisers and extreme uh, men and women who worship in spirit and truth, who lay everything on that cross and make a decision. I'm giving him everything. I'm going to deny myself. Another scripture says, unless you deny yourself, Take up your cross and follow him. We're not worthy to be called of the bride. See, in order for something to live, something must die. Something must, must, must be put to death. The scripture tells us this battle is a battle in our mind. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. Go to verse 3. Verse 3. The place of the skull is the place in the mind. The place of the skull is the place in the thoughts. The place of the skull is the place between your ears. I heard somebody say, the only closed heaven is between our ears. The heavens and the spiritual are open. The heavens and the terrestrial are open. When Jesus died, he rose on the third day and ascended into a cloud, symbolizing the breaking open of the heavenly realms. So the heavenly realms are open. Nothing's closed, but the only closed heaven is between our ears. So Calvary or Golgotha is the place of the mind, the place of the thoughts, but it's also the place of authority. It's the place of headship. Here's what Hebrews 12 verse 3 says, For consider him who endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself. Let me remind you, God will speak to you and then you will have to endure the contradiction. What is the contradiction? The reverse, the opposite. The thing that looks exactly opposite to what God got. God says healing and and sickness breaks out. God says a ministry of healing and then all of a sudden people around you get sick, you get sick. God says a marriage ministry and then your marriage comes under attack. God says a financial entrepreneur that is going to fund the kingdom and build houses and land and lack nothing and then money goes funny. This is called the contradiction. The contradiction is the opposite. It's the thing that is exactly, uh, uh, it's the oxymoron. It's the opposition of the exact thing God said. Because remember, before the devil will submit to what you carry, 
before he yields to what was spoken, he can test what was spoken to see how you respond. How do we respond when we go through the contradiction, when the money is funny, when the attacks come and the war comes? What comes out of you? What kind of conversation do you have with yourself? You understand Matthew 4, the Bible says Jesus is in a wilderness. He's being tempted of the devil. And the Bible says then when uh, he gets hungry, the devil comes and says, if you are God's son, how come you're hungry? If you are God's son, then turn these stones into bread. And the devil is undermining who Jesus is because he just heard the voice of his father said, you are God's son. Remind you again, the devil will always question the last thing God said. The last thing God said to you is the first thing the devil questions to undermine what God said to you. But Golgotha is the place of the mind. It's the place of the skull. The word skull is scroll. The word scroll is writing, parchment, the place of writing, the place of revelation, the place of the renewing of the mind. God died to give you a new mind, a new way of thinking, a new way of processing information. The scripture says, he looked back and said, it is written. He said, throw yourself off the temple and those who will never believe your earthly ministry, the high priest will see, the the Levites will see, the worshipers will see. He said, man, he said, you cannot tempt God. He said, get behind me, devil. I'm not going to worship you. I'm not going to take the shortcut. He said, I'm going to take you to a high mountain. Remember, the victory is in the mountain. And according to Matthew chapter 4, we're going to go back to Hebrews in a minute. Matthew chapter 4, the scripture tells us that that the devil took Jesus to an exceedingly high mountain. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, and the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain. That mountain belong to Jesus. That place of temptation would become his victory. I submit to you that mountain in the spirit was a spirit realm, but it may have actually even been Golgotha. Who knows? It doesn't say there, but, 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 uh, but Elijah had Carmel. Moses had Sinai. Abraham had the place where he went up and offered his son. Jesus had a mountain. That mountain was called Golgotha. That was the place of the mind. That was the place where he did business with God and and died to himself and carried a cross up to a carry that rugged cross to the top of that place. And from that place, the nations were changed. He took him to exceedingly high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all of the glory in one moment. And he said, these things I'll give to you if you'll fall down and worship me. What does the devil want worship? He offered Jesus a shortcut. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom. There are no skipping grades. He said, I'll give you the glory without the cross. See, it's gotta be Golgotha. That has to be Golgotha. He said, I'll give you the the glory of Calvary without the, the crucifixion. I'll give you the glory without the sacrifice. This is I won't this I won't say blasphemy, but this is a contradiction to your faith. There is no reaping without sowing. There is no being first without learning how to be last. There is no being great without knowing how to be least. There is no there is no reaping without sowing. There is no uh, life without without death. There is no no no. There, this is out of order to say I'm going to give you this if you'll just worship. You worship Satan and you take this road and you'll get the glory of the ages without the cross, without without going through the, the crucifixion. But let me encourage you by the spirit. 
God has anointed you and appointed you and chosen you and picked you. The battle is in your mind. Go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. This contradiction is a lie, sir. It's a lie, ma'am. Don't you believe you're the reality you see? Don't you believe your doctor's report? Don't you believe your, your marital report? Don't you believe the condition of your children? Don't you believe? Don't ignore these things. Pray and give attention as God leads. But you don't have the power to fix it. You don't have the power to make it better. You can't heal yourself. You can't make your children well. You can't provide. Now, I'm going to earn it. I'm going to do it. No, 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 no. Not by power. Not by strength. But by the Spirit, says the Lord. God wants to show up in that place. And where you're weak, He wants to make you strong. And where you're broken, He wants to make you healed. And where you're poor, He wants to make you overflowing. That is the purpose of the cross. It is a place, it is an X that marks the spot where God will show his glory. Consider him who endured the contradiction. The contradiction, the opposite, the backward lie, the lie. Where do I go? I don't know where to go. What did God say to you? What did God promise you? Consider him who endured the contradiction of himself. Go back to two. Before we read that last part, go back to Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who endured what? The cross. You got to keep your eye on him. And you got to, in this instant, recognize that there was no resurrection without a cross. Look at the cross. Look at the nails in his hands. Look at the beard being plucked from his fleece. Look at the crushing of the master uh, and, and the tearing of his flesh so that you by his stripes you're well. Look at the nails in his feet. Look at the mutilation of the master and say, what do you, what, what do you mean you can't go through this? What do you mean it's too hard? What do you mean you can't endure it? The pressure, I'm under pressure. You don't know pressure like Jesus knew pressure. I'm going to tell you, I don't know pressure. Jesus was in the garden warring with this pressure, the weight of the world on his shoulders. I don't know if, if this has ever happened to you, but it's never yet happened. I've been under pressure. I've been under deadlines. I've been, I've been, but I've never had a pressure that made my, 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 my sweat turn into blood. Jesus knew that pressure, tempted in all manners yet without sin and you can't tell me it's too much you can't tell me you can't go on you can't tell me you've went more through more than the lord and the same spirit that is in him is inside of us the same resurrection power you don't have another holy ghost you don't got a junior holy ghost you don't got a baby you got the same power that rose him from the dead living inside of us don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me you can't make it. Don't tell me you need to quit. You need to rise up and put your eyes on the cross. Sit down and watch that movie again. Sit down and watch the passion. Sit down and watch the things of God. Sit down and put your focus back on the cross and his death, his burial, his resurrection, what he did for us, the nails in his hand, the stripping of his flesh, the nails in his feet, the, the tearing of himself. He gave it all, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. And we always want to see him on Sunday morning, and that is vital. There will be a Sunday morning. There will be a resurrection morning. It is not, it is not will it, it's just a matter of when. It will come, sir. It will come, ma'am. It's going to come to your life. It's going to come to your children. You will see resurrection power. But you've got to go through the cross. You've got to endure this cross. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our trial, our test, the faith walk. 
He'll finish this thing for the joy that was set before him. He looked beyond the cross to the resurrection morning. He looked beyond the cross to the moment when you would call on his name and, and accept him. Are you hearing me? He looked beyond the cross and he saw the place of victory and triumph and authority and blessing. He looked beyond the cross and he could see a day of restoration and recovery. But the Bible says he endured the cross. He despised the shame and now is in a throne of honor in a throne at the right hand. The cross became the throne. The cross became the resurrection. We can't avoid it. We can't run away from it. We've got to embrace the cross. Say, Lord, help me to love my cross. What? Are you crazy? Help me to, help me to, help me to embrace the cross. It's that, that cross in my life that gives me the quality of what's called konania with God. Konania with God is something called fellowship. Fellowship is relationship and intimacy through the things we've gone through. He said, I want to teach you something called the power of resurrection. Philippians 3 verse 10. If I said, who wants resurrection power? We would line up around the, the room. If I said, let's put oil on you so you can raise the dead. People would receive that left and right. But who wants to go through the cross? Who wants to go through the die? None of us want to. I don't want to go through it. Jesus himself didn't want to go through it, but he understood the value of the process, the value of going through that I may know him. How many want to know him? I, I don't know about you. I just don't want to know about him. I want to know him. Paul, the writer of two thirds of the New Testament says, I don't know you yet. I know parts of you. I've experienced parts of God, but there's levels of you I can't even fathom. There's realms of you I've never understood. I want to know you. I want to know you more than I know myself. I want to know you better than I know anyone. I want to I want to have ganuxo. That word is the word ganuxo, which means intimacy. It is the word, it was intimacy between a, a husband and wife. Fellowship in the, in the realm of intimacy that I may know him and the power of his what? Resurrection. Anastasis means the power to get up again that's the word resurrection is the power to rise up again so if it means the power to get up again that means there had to be a fall that means there had to be a crushing that means there had to be a loss the power to raise resurrect means something had to die something had to decrease something had to be 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 be, be broken so that God could raise it up he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. How do I do that? Through the fellowship, kononia, through the intimacy, through the relate. See, see, there, there are certain people that have uh, uh, groups and there are groups in the world. And these are called counseling groups. And some of them have um, groups that, that, that people relate to. You've been through the same thing. If people have had certain trauma, they relate to people with that trauma. So if they've been abused, they create a, a group where they were abused and they try to console one another. They've lost a loved one. They create a group where people deal with that same loss and people relate to, to others through what they've been through. If you've been through what I've been through, then now we can relate. Now, how many understand there's something that God went through that he's requiring you to go through and we're trying to, we're trying to move this thing out. We're trying to, we're trying to avoid the going through. We're trying to, we're trying to go to the left and go to the right. We're trying to get oil on our heads so we don't got to go through the cross. We're trying to give an offering so we don't have to go through. But let me encourage you, God is going to take you through the valley, not out of the valley. 
I'm going to say this again. You will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God doesn't deliver you out of valleys. He delivers you through the valley. You're walking through this thing. You're going to walk through it and you're going to see God perform his word. You're going to see him manifest his promise that I may know him through the fellowship of what? Sufferings. Konania comes to the fellowship of what? Sufferings. Pathema. That which is suffered. Misfortune, calamity, evil, affliction, opposition, an inward state of affliction. Endure to suffer, to go through pain and loss, emotional, mental, hardship, pain. This crushing has a purpose. This break, see, if you're going to have anointing oil, you're going to have to have bitter spices and sweet, and you're going to have to crush them and put them together. And that will make the anointing oil. You're going to have to crush the bitter and the sweet. I don't want the bitter. You can't have the sweet without the bitter. You can't have the high without the low. You can't have the life without the death. Don't avoid it. Embrace the cross. Just say, okay, I'm going to die for you. What do you want? There is freedom in surrender. Being made conformable to his death. Go back to Hebrews 11 verse 3. Golgotha is the place of the skull. Hebrews 12 verse 3. 12 verse. Go back to Hebrews 12 verse 3. Consider him who endured the contradiction. Let me ask you a question. How does the resurrection die? Jesus called himself the resurrection. John 11. He told Mary, I am the, what a bold statement, but it's right. Jesus is the, so you carry the resurrection. You don't carry a baby. You carry the God that makes dead things rise. That's why he can tell you, go and raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils. And we look at it like, yeah, that's, that's a wonderful verse, but I'll never see it. The devil is alive. You've got a resurrection power, but how can the resurrection die? Explain that to me. How can the God of abundance be poor? How can the God of power be weak? He let himself die. No one took his life. He laid it down. And because he laid it down, he has power. Jesus said this, no one takes it from me. He lays it down. And because he lays it down, he's got power to pick it back up again. What you lay down, you can pick up. He lays it down. He lays it down. And because he laid it down, he had power. Say power. The word power is authority. It is dunamis. It is ability. John 10, 18 tells us, no man takes my life from me. He said, no, he was the life. He is the life. He's always been the life. He is breath. He is wind. He is the breath in your body. He is the heartbeat in your chest. He is the consciousness to think clearly. That is God. Every time you breathe in, that's God. Every time your heart beats, that's God. He is the God of heaven. Look at verse 17, John 10, 17. Therefore doth the Father love me because I, I lay down my life that I may pick it up again. You can only pick up what you've laid down. I'm not going to do this, then you're not going to get it. You I, I, Hear me. You can only pick up what you laid down. You don't get to keep it until you give it away. You don't get to keep Isaac if you say, yeah, I'm not putting him on the altar. This is not an offering message. This is a sacrifice message. You don't get to keep what you won't give God. The moment you, you withhold it from God, it becomes an idol, even if it's a good thing. 
What would have happened if Abraham said, you ain't getting my son. I waited 90, 90 years for this boy. He, mm, 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 sorry, God, I rebuke that voice. No, sir. The moment you turn God down, the moment you withhold from God, what you, God gave you now becomes an idol. Are you listening to me? I lay it down. Now, his life wasn't like yours and mine. Though it was, it was different. It was the key to all life. He had Zoe in him. He could raise the dead and heal. Anything he spoke, anything he decreed would come to pass. And he laid it down that he may take it again. No man, verse 18, no man takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power. That word power is exousia. I've got authority to lay it down. And I have authority to pick it up again. This is the law. Whatever you lay down, you can pick up. Whatever you keep, you lose. The Bible says, if you seek to save your life, you've lost it. But if you lose it for his sake, you found it. This is the law of the kingdom. There's freedom in surrender. I'm yours. Whatever you want, stay on the earth. But I pray to keep that mind. Keep that thought. Hebrews 12 verse number 3 tells us consider him who endured the contradiction lest you be wearied and faint in your Golgotha in your mind in your scroll the battles in your mind sir Jesus died to give you victory in your mind if you're spiritually minded you're full of life and peace if you're carnally minded you're dead already you're a dead man or woman walking. But I pray in tongues once a week. That doesn't matter. Are you spiritually minded? Or are you carnally minded? If I would, if God was to examine your life and the things you meditate all day on every day, is it spiritual or is it carnal? I'm not judging you. I'm not after to hurt you. Are you spirit? He that is spiritually, the Bible says spiritually minded, is full of life and peace. Romans tells us. Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is peace and life. It's life and peace. If you are in the spirit, you get life and peace. I ain't got no peace. I ain't got no joy. Not good English. I don't have any peace. I don't have any joy. I don't have any rest. I'm anxious. I'm worried. You're not in the spirit. When your mind is stayed on the Lord, he'll keep you in perfect peace no matter what you're going through. He is the God, the God of Calvary, the God of Golgotha, the God of the place of the skull. I don't have time to talk about 1 Samuel 17, 49, Verse 49, the Bible says, Dave, David started fighting with a giant. You've got a giant in your mind. You've got a giant in your thoughts. First Samuel 17, 49, and David put his hand in his bag and took a stone and slew and threw the stone and smote the Philistine in the forehead where there was only one place you could strike that devil. And I'm going to tell you right now, sir, ma'am, elder, preacher, brother, minister, sister, 
new comfort. There's only one place the devil is vulnerable, and it's in his mind. Goliath was covered from head to toe with armor. His, his hands and his chest and his, his shield, he had one opening in his mind, on his forehead. The Bible says that David took five smooth stones. The only way to get a smooth stone is for it to sit in the water for a season. He grabbed that smooth stone, the scripture tells us, and he, he took it and he threw, he spoke the stone. He sent the word, he commanded the word, he decreed that, he slung that word. He, he threw the word, he spoke a word, and it hit the enemy in the forehead. Look at what it says, and the stone did what? It sunk in, it sunk in, it went into the forehead. It went into the mind of the principality that was ruling Philistines. This giant represented the principality over the over the, the place. The Bible says in the valley of Elah, they were battling and there was a war with it. You're in a war with a giant and you're outnumbered and you don't got enough money and you don't have enough skill. You don't have enough resource, but you've got a word in you. You've got something on your side and they're saying he's done. You're just a boy. You're just a girl. He's been a warrior since his, since his youth. He's more than 10 feet. He's a killing machine. He's impenetrable, but there's one place the enemy will drop when you throw that word to the mind of the enemy and the, the word, the smooth word, not the rough word. I said, not the rough word. The smooth, let God smooth you out. Sit in the, in the water for a season. Settle down. Settle down. I've got to, you just got to settle down. Got to relax. God said it. Rest. Do what he tells you. Obey what he told you. Don't ask him for more words if you haven't obeyed the last thing God told you. See, we're trying to get to C, D, and E, and we haven't obeyed from A to B. God spoke to you A to B and B to C, and now we're in D and F trying to get to Z and D, and, and we ain't done A and B. You're listening to me. God doesn't change his mind. If he told you to do something, you're going to have to do it. Hear me about the Holy Ghost. That's where your provision is. That's where your door is. Back up, verse 49, and the stone sunk in. And the Bible says the giant fell on his face. Are you listening to me? I said the giant fell flat on his face. Doesn't that sound like the walls of Jericho? They fell flat. How did they? Joshua got a word. You got walls. The walls fell flat. The giant fell flat. The big, tall giant, poof is now on his face. The, the high thing is now low. The valley that was, the, the mountain that was high is brought low and now God raises the valley. Verse 50 tells us, so David prevailed over the, he won, he conquered with a word. He conquered with the word and with a sling and a stone, he smote the Philistine and he slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of, of David. Verse 51, so the Bible, therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine. You're gonna have to put your foot, if I could show you my foot, I'm stomping right now. I'm st you're gonna have to put your foot on the devil. You're gonna have to put your foot over him. He's not over you, sir. He's not over you, ma'am. Put the foot on the devil. Put your foot on him. Speak the word and put your foot. Don't put him in your ear. He belongs under your feet. Well, what if it don't come to high pass? And what if it takes too long? And what if you didn't obey? The devil is a liar. I said, the devil. Well, what if it don't work? And all this what ifs is undermining your authority. You're a son or daughter of God. He put his foot on the enemy. And the Bible.
Bible says, the scripture says, and he took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and slew him and cut his head with it. So David used the sword of Goliath to cut his own head off. I want to tell you that the enemy designed a weapon to destroy you. The enemy designed a trap to keep you. The enemy designed a sword to take your head off. But you're going to cut the devil's head off with his own sword. You're going to take the enemy's sword and destroy him with his own weapon. What was designed to destroy you, you're going to destroy the enemy. I'm talking to you. I'm talking. Are you listening to me? God is going to use you. To take the enemy's weapon and take his head out. And the Bible says he cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they ran. That's how you know he was a principality. All of the army left when one person was slew. That was the power. This is why Goliath said, if you win, we'll be your slaves. And if we win, you'll be our slave. It was not with flesh and blood. You're not fighting a battle over the multitudes, over governance and tanks and and guns and wars and missiles and armies and, and, and millions of soldiers. You're fighting one power and one name. And when Jesus gets that victory through you in that region, the whole region is loose. It's between one man and one principality. One man and one voice changes the whole world. One woman and one principality changes the whole world. You're going to win. You've been preordained to win. 51 tells us he took the head. And the Bible says the enemy fled. Verse 54, but that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough to take the head. Sometimes you got to take the head. But the Bible says, and David took the head and brought it to where? Jerusalem and put his armor in his tent. So David takes the head. It's kind of weird and kind of gross. If you think about it, David takes the head, takes it back to his tent like some kind of psychopath. I mean, that's kind of psychopathic. I mean, you kill the man. You No, 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 no. He's taking the head of a principality. He's taking the power of a spirit. Bible says he takes it back to Jerusalem. Verse 57, the Bible says, and now that that authority leads him to the palace. You keep reading. He's not allowed to go home anymore. He's not allowed to go back to the shepherd field. He said, from that point, the Saul said, who is this? Who is this boy's daddy? Who is it? He said, he's from the, he's a son of Jesse. He said, no, 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 not anymore. He's coming to the palace. From that time, he could go home to the shepherd field no more. After that battle, he's now sealed to the palace and David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines Abner and brought before him and before Saul the head of the enemy in his hands we don't know what happened to that head all we do know is a few thousand years later a few thousand years later Jesus went through Jerusalem outside of the city and and Golgotha is in Jerusalem it's right across it and, and, and Calvary. And all we know is Jesus went to a place outside of the city called the place of the skull because one generation sets up the next. That's why he's called the son of David. Let me submit to you. There's something David did in a previous generation that set Jesus up to in a mountain called the place of the skull. Are you hearing me? Are you listening? The place of the skull is the place where victory and, and defeat is established. Are you winning here? If you're winning here, then you'll win here. And if you're winning here and here, then you'll win out here. If you're losing here, if you're losing here, then you'll lose out here. I'm done. I'm going to pray with you. If you're listening to me under the sound of my voice, I want to declare this is a weekend where we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But let me remind you, there is no resurrection without the crucifixion. There is no resurrection without Calvary and the place called Golgotha, which is the place of the skull. And you've got a cross, but you've also got a place. You've got a mountain where you've got to die to yourself. And I've got to die. And if we die to ourselves, he will raise us up with him. I'm done. I've got to pray for the same spirit. I'm finishing now. The Bible says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead has come to live in us. I want to encourage you that I want to encourage you that the resurrection power is in us. I want to encourage you that victory is in us. I want to encourage you, you don't have to be afraid. The same spirit that rose him from the dead has come to live in us. That means there's resurrection power in you. There's victory in you. Romans 8, 11. I'm done. Romans 8, 11. But if the, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken or raise your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. Are you listening? The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in you. And I want to tell you, you have nothing to fear, not even death. I know that's easy to say. I know we say that. But in the kingdom of God, when you die to yourself and even die in the natural, it's not anything to be feared. It's actually promotion. Death is promotion. I don't want to die. I know that's the flesh. But true warriors are not birthed until they learn that death is not an enemy. Death is a key to promotion. When I die, I'm promoted. When I die, when I decrease, he increases. We, we quoted this last week, Isaiah. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. When, I, when the king died, the king, the glory came. I'm done. I need to pray for you. This weekend, we're going to see the hand of God in a supernatural way. I prayed and said, God, what do you want? He said, gather the people. Shut in. We're shutting in from 8 p.m to 12 midnight resurrection or good friday saturday we're gathering to raise the ultimate altar which is calvary and the lamb of god sunday morning we'll be here to celebrate the getting up morning and resurrection of jesus christ i need to pray with you lord i pray now over my brother and over my sister that whatever they are dealing with whatever they are battling with whatever they are warring with they have nothing to fear Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? For according to Revelation 1, you came back with the keys of hell and death and the grave. And you rose with power. And because you have risen, the same spirit that rose up Jesus from the dead has come to live in us. So if he rose himself, he will raise you up. If he did it, then he'll do it now. Oh, God, give us confidence. That we would embrace the battle, embrace the death at Golgotha, embrace the death at Calvary. The place of the mind, the place of the scroll, the, the skull is the place of the scroll, the writing in your mind. Let it be whole, let it be well, and let it be transformed. This we ask according to your will. Strengthen my brother, heal my sister. Make them well, make them whole, revive them in every area of their life for you will cause glory to show up in them. And through, I speak life over my brother now. I speak strength over my sister that they will see resurrection power 
and they will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We pray this now according to your word. If you receive it, somebody say amen. Somebody say hallelujah. And somebody say it is so. We are excited. We can. I can feel the presence of the Lord. It was an amazing uh, broadcast. I'm going to pray that wherever you're watching this from, whether our Charisma podcast or listening to us on our Charisma podcast na- uh, uh, network, you can hit that share button and share the broadcast watching via YouTube or Facebook. Hit that button. If this blessed you, I'm going to ask you to number one, release the offering of sharing. Do uh, the kingdom of God a service. And if it blessed you, be a blessing to somebody else. We're praying over you and your house that this word impacted you. We thank you for joining our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. It's always an honor to minister and to share the word with you. Again, this is the senior pastor of This Rock International, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. You can find out more information about the ministry at thisrockinternational.org. Again, thisrockinternational.org. And you can find out how to connect and contact and meet with us. We're praying his grace and blessing. And I pray the word of the Lord bless you today. Until we get to meet next week, we're believing for God's best for you and your household. In Jesus name, we say amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.